0: Does your child throw a fit when they don't get their way? Have tantrums become your child's normal response to your instructions, and you would like to know how to address them from a heart-oriented biblical perspective? Then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoy this podcast and want to help support our ministry, one way you can do that is by purchasing Ginger's resources directly from her website instead of other online retailers. And stay tuned until the end of this episode to receive a discount code on your purchase at gingerhubbard.com. Another great way to support our ministry is by helping us get the word out about our show You can do that by leaving a rating or a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Thank you so much for your support, listeners. This enables us to further our mission, to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. I don't know about you, but I just love waking up in the morning, curling up in my comfy chair with a warm cup of coffee and reading the daily news. Did you just tense up? Because I did. Honestly, I sense myself wanting to avoid the news at all costs and shield my children from it as well. But what if there was a better way to be informed without being disheartened? Well, that's exactly what I love about the world and everything in it. This podcast from World News Group is my favorite source for current events because I can get sound journalism from a Christian worldview without the hysteria, the chaos, and the stress. As one of Apple Podcasts' top 100 news programs, they deliver essential headlines, field reporting, interviews, and expert analysis every weekday. Search for the world and everything in it wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hey there, Ginger. Uh, before we jump into today's topic on temper tantrums, I do want to remind our listeners that we have already done an episode on how to handle tantrums with infants. And that is a little different from handling them with older kids because of their lack of communication skills.
1: That's right. So if your infant is throwing tantrums, episode 62 might be more helpful for you. That was a QA and a episode called Evaluating Consequences and Infant Tantrums. And we'll be sure to have Heather put a link to that episode in the show notes. But today we're going to talk about uh, going with a little bit older kids and how we can handle tantrums
0: with toddlers and young children. So we decided to address temper tantrums this week because last week we talked about power struggles and those two issues often go hand in hand. Uh, For example, last week, Ginger walked us through the scenario of a child touching a set of fireplace tools after being told not to. Even after clear instructions and a consequence, the child defiantly kept going back to the tools. So listeners, if you missed last week's episode, Ginger offered three ways parents can respond wisely to power struggles and even avoid them. One of the ways she mentioned was was to take away the child's ability to continue in a power struggle by removing them from the temptation, this can be done by putting them in their playpen or in their bedroom. And then that brings us to today's topic. So often, when children don't get their way, they throw a fit. Ginger, I mean, I'm just sure because you wrote parenting books and now have podcasts that your kids never did that, uh, but let's just say, hypothetically, they did. Um, so After you disciplined and removed them from the power struggle by putting them in their rooms, let's say they kicked into full-blown tantrum mode. What would you do? Oh, well, Katie, there's no hypothetically about it (laughs) because
1: they did do that. Uh, Like all kids, they had a sin nature that sometimes led them astray from doing what's right, which is always, of course, to obey mom and dad. And yes, there were times when my kids went into full tantrum mode. And, you know, let's face it. That's not a fun situation to be in for any parent. If we're being honest, when our kids throw fits, it's really hard to not focus on ourselves and how their tantrums affect us. So before we talk about what we can do about tantrums, let's first talk about how we view tantrums. That's important because the way we view them influences the way we handle them. Is our perspective self-centered or Christ-centered? <laughs> when our little ones start screaming and flailing around on the floor in a awful fit of rage, how do we react? Do our hearts fill with anger and frustration over having to deal with the 15th tantrum of the day, and it's not
0: even noon yet?
1: Or do our hearts fill with compassion over our children's ongoing struggle with sin and their need for Jesus?
0: I want the parents whose hearts are filled with compassion when their child starts having a tantrum to please write in and tell us that. That's amazing. Please do, because you guys need to be the ones leading this This podcast. This is right. I mean, that is not the first place I think my mind and heart would go, because you do get into— such a reactive place when your kids start freaking out like that. It's so hard not to, but I love that perspective.
1: Yep, it is. And that's the thing, Katie, our perspective influences our approach. Mm. In other words, the way we view tantrums will determine the way we handle them. When we're self-focused, we'll view and respond to tantrums as annoying inconveniences. When we're Christ-focused, will view and respond to them as discipleship opportunities.
0: Okay. Well, so now that we've had a pep talk on having a Christ-centered perspective on tantrums, let's talk about how parents can help prevent them before they happen. And then we'll move into some practical ways to deal with them when and if they do happen.
1: Sure. Okay, so let's start with uh, preventing. I have two tips that might help prevent tantrums. First, encourage obedience by preparing and praying with your child ahead of time. No one knows our children better than we do, so we know the sort of things that are going to trigger tantrums. Mm -hmm. It can be helpful to go ahead and talk about and prepare for the battle before we're actually in it. So if nap time is a trigger, Talk about it, maybe over breakfast or over lunch. Sweetheart, obeying mom when it's time to take a nap, that has become a real struggle for you lately. Let's pray for God to help you obey all the way, right away, and with a happy heart later today when it's nap time. Maybe the child throws tantrums when they can't have something they want or anytime they hear the word no. Perhaps they become angry when they're not allowed to touch or play with something that's off limits, like the fireplace tools we mentioned earlier. Or maybe they have meltdowns when it's time to get in the car and go somewhere, are told to do something that they don't want to do. Whatever their triggers are, talk about those struggles at the beginning of the day before they become an issue. Give them a heads up as to what they can expect and the way you expect them to respond. Honey, you'll get to do lots of things today, but sometimes I'm going to have to tell you no. How does God want you to respond when I tell you no to something you want? And then maybe hold up three fingers to help them learn that God wants them to Obey all the way, right away, and with a happy heart. And we also, of course, want to be sure to point them to Jesus for help. So you might say something like, you know, honey, we all need help from Jesus to obey and to do what's right. So let's pray that He'll help us today. And then pray with your child and be
0: specific with the struggles that you both have. Well, I think it's really helpful and encouraging for our kids to see us being willing to humbly ask God for help with our struggles. I mean, in age-appropriate ways, obviously. Um, If I'm struggling with anger or impatience, what a great way to model for my kids how I need Jesus just as much as they do. Right. And it doesn't have to be this long,
1: drawn-out conversation or prayer. In fact, with young children, the shorter, the better. Maybe while you're helping little Sam get dressed for the day, just say something like, honey, I've really been struggling with being impatient and getting angry when things don't go my way. And I know that you've been struggling with that a lot too. Let's pray and ask Jesus to help us. And just a short prayer may sound uh, something like, Lord, I have so many errands to run today and I'd rather stay home. Help me to have a cheerful heart and to obey your commands to be patient. And help Sam to have a cheerful heart even when things don't go his way. Help him to have self-control to obey. Jesus, we both need your help today to do what pleases
0: you. So we prepare and pray with them ahead of time, and we're willing to let them witness us seeking Jesus for help with our struggles too. Ginger, before I go on to the next way, or the second way parents can help prevent tantrums before they start, I want to say one thing about this preparing ahead of time, uh, because you mentioned the word triggers, and I think most of the tantrums my kids had in their childhood had to do with some sort of situation we found ourselves in, like it was after nap time or they were hungry and we were out all day. And so it, it was very often situational and often because my schedule was driven by things I was interested in doing mm-hmm. uh, at the expense of their routine and their schedule. So I think having a balance there, no, we don't want our life to end when we have kids as far as pursuing our interests, but maybe just Being a bit more realistic in this phase of life when naps are necessary and when frequent snacks are necessary, and just making sure we're not allowing our kids' limitations, their physical God-given limitations, to be what is causing us frustration.
1: Right. Yep. That's good. So we need to have that balance. Like you said, life doesn't end, but we do need to make some sacrifices when they're younger and they need that routine. Kids get cranky when they don't have a nap. Kids get cranky when they're not hungry. And so really, we're kind of setting them up for failure when we're not considering their age and uh,
0: that they do need some sense of routine. And parents know this because when their kid falls out in the middle of Chick-fil-A, what they'll say is, oh, they're tired or, oh, it's after nap time. And that's almost always the response when a child goes into this mode. But it does, I don't know, it just, it brings to mind all those times I was in that situation. It was like, well, because we're, we're in a physiological situation that becomes a discipline problem because... (laughs) you know, of the schedule that I have right, created. Could and have it's been, not always yeah. avoidable, but mm-hmm. yeah. You know.
1: But so, but a lot of times it might be. Right. And so we need to consider that as well. So yeah, that's a great point, Katie. Okay. So what's the second way parents can
0: help prevent tantrums before they start?
1: Encourage obedience by ending instructions with a gentle prompt to rightly respond. Honey, we're leaving for grandma's house in just a few minutes. Go put on your shoes. Yes, mom. Just adding that little prompt of yes, mom, at the end of our instructions reminds our children that they have a choice to obey or disobey, and it actually
0: encourages them to choose wisely and not saying, do you want to go put your shoes on now? Because when they say no, and we say, we'll do it anyway, then we're triggering <laughs> That's right. a tantrum. Yeah. That's I like right. the way that you said that it's authoritative. Mm-hmm. And then you're encouraging their response, their right response. Okay. So now that we have some tools to help our kids before a tantrum, let's move into what parents can do when children don't choose wisely. So let's say mom told her child not to touch the fireplace tools and he does it anyway. So mom does what God has called her to do. She disciplines her child for disobedience and the child is not happy about that at all so he begins screaming and flailing around on the floor well first don't give a fit throwing
1: child an audience the goal of the tantrum is to manipulate the parent's response in order to get the outcome the child wants Mm. without an audience there's no one there to manipulate. So, once children begin to realize that tantrums do not benefit them at all, that they do not result in them getting their way, they learn that they are useless and therefore pointless. So when at home, I recommend walking away or putting them in their room. Or if the child is too young to be left alone, maybe put them in a playpen uh, while they're throwing that fit. Also, if tantrums are anger triggering for us, this gives us a little time to calm down and pray and make sure that our hearts are right. Mm -hmm. Now, I do realize that uh, tantrums are nerve wracking, but they're not nearly as nerve wracking if the child is confined to his room or in a playpen pen in another room. When kids are that angry, it's hard for them to process and submit to our instructions anyway. Mm-hmm. Once they've had time to calm down and gain self-control physically, they're just in a better place to listen and receive instruction about rebellion and anger in their hearts.
0: Have your kids ever come to you with math homework and ask for your help, only for you to realize you did a mathematical brain dump the day you graduated high school? Well, I have great news for you parents. Whether you're homeschooling or helping your kids with their math homework after school, CTC Math is an invaluable resource. They have video tutorials and summaries that are concise and really engaging while still fully covering the subject matter. It's like having your own personal math tutor accessible at any time. I have so many favorite things about CTC Math, but just to name a few, I get extensive reports and summaries of my kids' progress We have access to CTC Math's entire catalog of lessons, not just per grade level, as many online math programs do. And finally, there is a 365-day money-back guarantee, literally no questions asked. If you or your kids need some extra help with math, go to ctcmath.com and sign up for a free trial. Again, that's ctcmath.com. Okay. So what about the tantrum itself, Ginger? Because in the scenario with the child touching the fireplace tools, the child directly disobeyed and mom disciplined for that, rightly so. Then the child threw a tantrum. So mom eliminated the audience by walking away or putting her son in his room. But tantrums themselves are acts of defiance. So a lot of listeners might be thinking, well, wouldn't that warrant more discipline? I know- Some believe it's necessary to repeatedly administer discipline until the tantrum stops and the child's attitude is brought to a place of compliance. So what do you have to say about that?
1: Well, with ongoing tantrums, I wouldn't recommend uh, continuing to go in and administer discipline over and over as that can lead to what we talked about last week, Katie, power struggles. Mm -hmm. And I realize that tantrums can go on and on for quite some time. And again, they can be very nerve wracking. Uh, Some kids are marathon tantrum throwers. I had one myself, Mm -hmm. but they don't last forever. You had a marathon tantrum
0: yourself or you had a (laughs) child who would do that?
1: (laughs) Probably both Both. if I'm honest about it. But the the tantrums don't last forever. The child will eventually wear out and stop. So my advice in that situation um, is just to wait it out. And then once they've calmed down, go in, hug them, and remind them of the reason you disciplined. Mm. You might say something like, sweetheart, It's my job to teach you to obey and to train you in wisdom. And I love you too much to allow you to disobey and live foolishly. And I encourage this approach not only as a means to avoid power struggles, but also because discipline itself does not change the hearts of our kids. Mm. Only God can change their hearts. So rather than disciplining them over and over, I would look at it like this. They disobeyed your instruction, and you've administered discipline. So the discipline part is over. Once they've calmed down and regained self-control, the next step is to go ahead and move forward with the most important part of parenting, and that's pointing them to their need for Jesus and training them in wisdom from His Word. So you might start with just a few heart-probing questions and show them scripture Uh, about what God's Word says as far as putting off disobedience and defiant anger and putting on obedience and self-control. And then pray with them and ask God to help them walk in the wisdom of His Word. And after that, consider it done. Clean slate. Your part is done. And now the rest is up to God to do a work in their hearts
0: as only He can do. I could not agree with that more. Discipline is a part of God's plan, but it's not the only part, thankfully, for our kids and for our sake. Uh, Our most important responsibility as parents is to train our children in the wisdom of God's word and point them to their need for Jesus. And listeners, this is where Ginger's Wise Words for Moms chart is so helpful because it equips parents with what sorts of questions they can ask and then enables parents to quickly locate specific scriptures for what God's word says to put off and what to put on according to their specific struggles. So Ginger has 22 different struggles listed on the chart. There are several that could apply to temper tantrums uh, like disobeying, not receiving instruction, having a defiant attitude. Uh, So for our listeners who don't already have The Wise Words for Moms chart, Ginger, what are a few examples of heart-probing questions and scriptures that would be helpful for addressing temper tantrums?
1: A couple of questions might be along the lines of, honey, I understand that you're angry, but when you throw a tantrum, are you obeying or disobeying? God wants you to listen and accept instruction and to have self-control. Are you doing that when you throw a tantrum? Just a couple of very simple questions like that can can help them to evaluate their own hearts. Even if you wind up having to answer those questions for them, that's okay. The behaviors and attitudes God calls a tantrum-throwing child to put off are willful defiance and unbridled anger. Instead, he says that rather than being dragged away and enticed by their own evil desire, he calls them to put on obedience and self-control. So a few verses to consider along those lines are Colossians 3.20, which instructs children to obey their parents. James 1, 19 and 20, where God's children are commanded to be slow to anger, because that verse says human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Titus 2, verses 11 and 12, which give instructions for living self-controlled lives. Those verses say, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled lives upright and godly lives. When children throw tantrums, they are foolishly rebelling against parental authority. They are rejecting instruction. So another great verse to share with them is Proverbs 19 verse 20, which talks about why it's important for God's children to accept instruction. That verse says, listen to advice and accept instruction. And in the end, You will be wise. So we can show them that verse and ask, sweetheart, do you want to be a foolish person who rejects instruction or a wise person who accepts instruction? Now, of course, there's lots more suggested heart probing questions and verses on the chart that deal with disobedience, defiant attitudes, anger, and having self-control.
0: But those are just a few. So listeners, if you don't have a copy of the Wise Words for Moms chart, stay tuned until the end of this episode and we'll tell you how you can get a really good discount on that. Uh, Ginger, I'm thinking about your tips for dealing with a normal tantrum, if there is such a thing. Uh, (laughs) One of them is to isolate the child so they don't have an audience. But what if, this is not a normal tantrum, um, what if it's more than screaming and flailing around on the floor? What if the child is endangering themselves or destroying things around them. Um, I, I've heard of kids slamming their bodies or their heads into a wall out of angry defiance or damaging items and walls by throwing things. And I'm not talking about kiddos. First, I want to make it really clear. We're not talking about kiddos who've been through trauma or who have medical needs. We just want to make it really clear. This is, um, you know, not that type of situation, but what can the parent do when their child has a tantrum that is of a magnitude where they could cause harm to themselves, others, or property?
1: Right, because I've heard of some kids even hitting and kicking their parents. So there could be causing harms to others as well. So uh, causing harm to themselves, others, or property. Um, You know, it actually reminds me, Katie, of a friend of mine whose daughter would literally destroy her room if left alone during one of her tantrums. So Mm -hmm. this mom could not leave her child alone. It makes me think about Proverbs 25, verse 28, which says, Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks Mm self-control. A city with broken walls is a city in destruction. It's a city in ruin, which is basically how this mom described her daughter's room after one of her tantrums, Mm. Uh, not to mention the destructive sin that was wreaking havoc in her heart. If the child is destroying their room or endangering themselves or both, they need the parent's help to gain self-control. If the child is that out of control, I'm going to share what my friend did. She said the only way that she could help her daughter calm down in a safe way was by forcefully sitting her daughter in her lap facing outward. Then she would wrap her arms and legs firmly around her daughter, not hurting her, of course, but tight enough to hold her in place until she gained control of her body and calmed down. Her daughter was so out of control that she was a danger to herself and others. And of course, mom didn't want her destroying things in the house. So in this extreme case, the mom had to make the tantrums an issue of submission. She told me it was physically exhausting to do that. It was emotionally draining to restrain her daughter in that way. But she didn't give in until her daughter gained self-control. My friend said that once her daughter did submit and calm down, then she was able to discipline and instruct. She was consistent and handling it this way every time. And it wasn't an overnight change, but it eventually paid off in teaching her daughter to respond to instruction and angry emotions with self-control. When kids are violent and destructive and when they're endangering themselves or someone else, I just don't see anything wrong with holding them in place until they gain self-control for everyone's protection.
0: Right. And, you know, I had mentioned kids who've been through trauma and kids with special needs. And we do have episodes that would be helpful if your children are having or your child is having a tantrum for either of those reasons. Episode 75 is called Understanding Trauma Behaviors with Sonia Martin. It's a fantastic episode if that's your story and your kiddos dealing with that. And then we also have one called or actually two episodes with Sonia Schaefer called Obedience and Special Needs Kids and Consequences and Special Needs Kids. And those are episodes 86 and 87. That would be a really good place to start, I think, if that's what you're dealing with with your kiddos. Um, Okay, so Ginger, last question that I know some of our listeners are probably itching to ask. What about when kids throw temper tantrums in public at super inconvenient times, like right after the food has been brought to the table in a restaurant, or when you're in the middle of the grocery store with a cart full of groceries, or I don't know, in the middle of Buckingham Palace with a bunch of guards giving you the side eye? That's a true story for us, by the way. That was (laughs) the most fun tantrum. Uh, Yeah. I
1: think you shared that story in a previous Mm -hmm. episode, Katie, as well as another story about one of your babies throwing a tantrum at a bullfight in Spain. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I don't know. I think we should do a follow-up episode on why
0: you had an infant at a bullfight in the first place. (laughs) Well, I mean, we don't need a whole episode for that. I was a stupid American who didn't know you don't take babies to bullfights. I really didn't even know what a bullfight was. And I was like, oh, this animal's dying. Like this, this was horrible. I had no idea. Uh, (laughs) No wonder your kid was
1: Throwing it at Honestly, he's like, get me out of here. And we
0: got booed out of the arena. We got booed out. In Spain. Believe it or not, it goes completely silent during that. And my baby was not silent at that moment. And so anyway. (laughs) Okay, Ginger, what do you do? What did you do rather when your kids threw tantrums in public?
1: Well, I found the car to be a safe place to deal with tantrums. Mm. Uh, There were times when I actually left a full cart of groceries in the grocery store or a full plate of hot food in a restaurant to go and discipline and instruct my kids in the privacy of our car. Mm. I would just apologize to the clerk or the server and assure them that I'd be back as soon as I could. We should be willing to inconvenience ourselves for two reasons. One, the hearts of our children are more important than the inconvenience. Hmm. And two, it is essential for children to understand that the standard for obedience never changes and that there are consequences for defiance no matter where they are. My kids only tested the waters in public a handful of times because I was willing to be inconvenienced in order for them to learn that there's no escaping the law of the harvest, Hmm. that they would reap what they sowed in public just as surely as they did at home. And just as a side note here, I do highly recommend driving to the back of the parking lot so you have (laughs) a little privacy. And then once they're calm, that's when we're able to address the real problem, which is not the tantrum, but the sin behind their rebellion. And it's not their rebellion against us that should concern us most. It's their rebellion against God. When children disobey us, they are ultimately disobeying God. So we take them to scripture, which reveals sin as their greatest problem and Jesus as their only solution.
0: Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. Today's quick tip is courtesy of Angela from Florida. And she says this, Not sure who originally came up with the idea, but here is a trick for Play-Doh that has forever changed our playtime. You know how Play-Doh is just horrible to try to get out of the container sometimes? Well, before putting it away, just roll it into a cylinder so that it fits in the container without touching the sides much. The next time you want to play, it falls right out of there. So simple and so wonderful. No more Play-Doh under your fingernails and no more digging it out with a pencil. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> well that's assuming your fingernails are long enough To get something underneath them Yeah, Which is one of the main reasons I keep mine cut Almost to the quick Saves all sorts of time Yeah, no mine,
0: mine are real short too I don't like long nails yeah. Well listeners if you have a quick tip for our show We would love to hear from you It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping Something you do with your kids Ideas for fun date nights with your spouse Anything at all We would love to share your ideas on the podcast Just go to slash Quick tips to submit those Well, Ginger, can you offer a final word of encouragement to those exhausted mamas and daddies who are right now dealing with tantrums as a regular occurrence in their lives? Because they probably need some really good encouragement right about now.
1: Our perspective influences our approach. When we view our children's struggles with tantrums through the lens of the gospel, we don't see a child who's getting on our last nerve. We see a child who desperately needs the rescuing help of Jesus. So let's be thankful for the opportunity and privilege God has given us to help shape the character of our children for His glory.
0: Thank you so much, Ginger. And thank you listeners for joining us today. Do you have a parenting question? Well, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com askginger and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can also find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today we're offering a 10% discount on an already great bundle deal on Ginger's Wise Words for Moms chart. So you can buy three charts and get a fourth chart free. So it's a $15 total. And then we'll give you another 10% off of that when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. These Wise Words for Moms charts are great gifts for baby showers and dedications, or if you'd just like to bless your friends who want to use God's word to reach the hearts of their kids. Thank you so much for joining us today, listeners. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. Have you ever been at a total loss for how to explain to your kids some of the really hard things they've seen in our culture or in the news? Sometimes I resort to distraction, like, hey, who wants ice cream? (laughs) Because... I'm just not sure how to rightly respond. This is why I'm so excited about a new podcast that is stepping in to meet that need. The podcast is called Concurrently, and each episode is full of practical help so that we can teach our kids how to develop news literacy and biblical discernment. To find out more, visit concurrentlypodcast.com, and you can listen to new episodes of Concurrently every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. When our kids watch secular shows or read secular books, they'll often come across something that directly contradicts the Bible. And they'll ask, is that true, mom? Did we come from apes? Is the earth billions of years old? Are there aliens on other planets? Our kids are growing up in a world that desperately needs the light of God's word. And it's increasingly more important to me that the resources I use to educate my children are from a biblical worldview. I want to give my kids a sound education coupled with a biblical worldview so that they grow into adults who know not only what they believe, but why they believe it. This is why we love BJU Press. They offer trusted resources for homeschooling through video courses or parent-led instruction. Their video courses are taught by knowledgeable and engaging experts in their fields. And what's great about video courses is that all of your kids can work independently and at their own pace. But if facilitating your child's homeschooling is more your speed, BJU Press offers numerous resources so that you can manage the different learning styles of your child, know what your student is learning so you can influence instruction, and create a totally customized learning experience. BJU Press Homeschool offers resources to meet the educational needs of your family in a way that will equip your kids for a life of gospel impact. Go to BJUPressHomeschool.com and get what you need to give your child a solid biblical education. Again, that's BJUPressHomeschool.com.